When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr, still rocking the producer gig. It's nice to see him. We have not gotten any uh, photo evidence nor a call for bail on Elijah Herbal as he was down at Ole Miss, Arkansas. Uh, we'll hit some baseball. Another big weekend for Nebraska and Coach Will Bolt. We'll hear from Coach Bolt on that uh, championship Sunday mentality. Uh, Some impressions from uh, Nebraska spring football. Uh, We talked a little bit about some snippets we saw from their scrimmage Friday, a little more from the head man, Scott Frost, on Nebraska's scrimmage. Uh, Pretty awesome weekend of golf with the Masters. We'll check in with Jay Moore. Jay's uh, obviously a former Husker standout and NFLer, but Jay's pretty high-level golfer and love his golf insight so we'll do that here in about 20 minutes. Charlie McBride's with us another Monday with Charlie. Some recruiting and spring observations from Greg Smith here at 525. You can join us. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Numbers to get in. Uh, you can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. And give us a follow. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore Radio Chris Schmidt at Damon Barr. Uh, that's two R's for Damon. So some things that have stuck out here from Coach Frost we'll hear about in a little bit. Uh, as you think about kind of the midway point, maybe some of you have done the old marathon training. Uh, I have not, nor will I. I'm too big a wuss. We'll just leave it at that. But there, there's always a, a halfway point in in things, right? And uh, Nebraska's right there as we inch closer to uh, spring football and the uh, the spring game here on May 1st. You're going to have an opportunity, weather permitting, on Saturday for some important things for this team. And that's a chance to go get out and do a, a live practice for two and a half hours. Yeah, it's more reps. It's more game-like simulation but it's also a chance for these guys to go perform, right? Guys love playing ball, A, because they're good at it, B, because it's a chance to kind of show off their hard work, their athleticism. It's a showcase, and you're going to get a chance to do that Saturday in front of 4,000 Nebraska fans, uh, which is key. As we look at some, some important position groups this spring, and we've spent a lot of time talking about the running back and you know the level of concern can can waver there are some in the camp that you know with the step issue 
it's not a big deal. You've got other backs to go with. Somewhere in the camp, you know, that's that's huge because a guy you were counting on is is gone. Not to hammer this point, but, you know, where's Nebraska go for their running game? And there are options, but not everybody's available. At least they haven't been at last glimpse. Maybe you'll have a full stable of running backs by this upcoming Saturday. Maybe you'll see uh, Ramir Johnson. Maybe you'll see Ronald Tompkins. Uh, maybe you'll have more options than uh, a Gabe Irvin and a Marvin Scott. Maybe there'll be a, a Morrison sighting. So the, the the book's not closed on any of these backs, but a guy that's made some headway is, is Yant, a kid that they got to come to campus out of Florida, and it was a Travis Fisher get. But you just look at Nebraska and where they've been at with the the running back situation, and you wonder if if they've got it right and can can get a guy that's a freshman to be one of those stud backs like Nebraska's had. Guys at Nebraska played early. I know Mike Rozier was a JUCO guy, but the point is when he got to campus, he played, he balled. Uh, Nebraska's always historically had a next man up, even when a star goes down. Remember Lawrence Phillips' situation off-field? Well, here's Amon Green as a freshman to run for a grand. Okay, I mean, Amir Abdullah, Rex Burkhead, Roy Halu, right? Those are some recent guys to tell about. And can Nebraska get back to that that mold of finding a running back? And it doesn't have to be an old guy. Uh, get a guy that can learn the playbook, is strong and agile enough and athletic enough to get paired up with a decent offensive line. Good things can happen. Is that what's... In the future here for Gabe Irvin or Yant or some of these other backs, or it might be Step, a, a guy that transferred in to uh, to ground and pound it. So uh, running back spot is is still a, a an area we're watching. It'll be more discussed. It'll be more observed uh, based on what you see Saturday if you're one of the 4,000 that got a seat to go watch. Quarterback play, Adrian Looks great, feels great, doing well, awesome. Adrian's been injury prone. Not his fault, just a reality. What do you got behind him? How's that development going? Can you get one of those two scholarship guys, or maybe it's Masker? I don't know. But the point is, is you're going to need a backup quarterback ready to go, either by choice or by necessity. Where's that development at? Sounds like things are pretty good for Harburg with his athleticism and his arm. Smothers making improvements as a thrower. You know, he's a sweet athlete with lots of uh, speed to burn. And then how are things going back and forth offensively and defensively? And the wordsmith Garrett Nelson, God love him, uh, lets us know just where the offense is. So let's start off and hear from Scott Frost here on just how Friday went, what he think uh, of, of Friday. How did things go? We were all kind of wowed by the video with some of the highlights from it. It was a good spring scrimmage. I was really impressed with how the guys came out with intensity and, and excitement, enthusiasm to, to play. There's some, some stuff we got to clean up, but that's kind of natural this time of year. As long as the guys give us the effort that we're asking for, it's up to us to as coaches to fix the rest of it. And uh, There's some really good things that happen on both sides of the ball. A lot of young guys got a lot of reps. Always good to get some live tackling in uh i think we came out of it pretty healthy so overall it was successful that is such a necessary evil you need to be physical you need to tackle 
and you need to make it as game-like as possible, but you are holding your breath about getting someone dinged beyond spring. It's just uh, That's just the worry. More from Coach Frost here on the running back spot and the names that he mentioned and the names that weren't mentioned uh, are guys available. And the old saying in the NFL is you can't make the club in the tub, right? If you're on IR, you're not going to make the roster. Well, there's no cuts that go on, per, well, per se, in college football. But, you know, guys need to to be available. I'm excited to see Ramir Johnson carry the football. What's his availability? Same with Tompkins with his history and knee issues. Scott is a guy that can get downhill for you as a Nebraska IBAC. You get, love getting kids out of Florida, right? And then you got Morrison, kid out of Oklahoma, really uh, high-level ball player. And we know where Step's at right now with the foot issue. So that leaves you Gabe Urban and another Florida kid in Yan. Here's more from Faust on the running game. Reps are valuable. You know, there's competition going on every position. Running back's uh, one of the spots where we're looking for the, the guy to step up and take control of it. Some guys have been out, so that's given other guys an opportunity to do well. Uh, was really impressed with Gabe Irvin in the scrimmage. Jockey Ant did some good things. So while some of these guys are, are nursing a, some injuries, uh, it, it's given some other guys the opportunity to make some plays. Who's going to take control? Who's going to stay healthy? Who's going to acclimate themselves? And we've already heard from Frost and Coach Held, the approach a guy like Gabe Irvin, mature, right, has brought to the party uh, with his work ethic, with his ability, because he's he's a guy that can, can make you miss but can also finish off a run. And he's a, he's a really talented Georgia back. And, and if he's the guy who, because he's available and he gets it and he's not a liability with all that they want to do, if there are some things they're not concerned with or don't trust him with to keep him off the field, fine. But you're going to need more than one. And who's that second guy right now? Assuming uh, Steps not here for the spring, which we know. But you got makeup ground if you're a guy like Step. And you got Irvin. But that one-two punch is nice. But Nebraska's not had it for a while. Let's talk quarterbacks here. And that development behind Adrian is so crucial, so key. A little bit more insight to how Friday went for the other quarterbacks. I thought the quarterbacks had a good day Friday. Adrian's play is improving. He's doing some good quarterbacking right now. Behind him is going to be interesting, and and, uh, I was really impressed with him Friday. I thought Logan Smothers probably had his best day at Nebraska Friday. Matt Masker continues to do good things, and it really has control of the offense. And then, you know, Harburg's been impressing everybody with his athletic ability and and just his arm strength. Uh, He's got a long way to go learning it, but he's working hard at that and doing a good job, and and his talent definitely shines through quite often so we're going to let those guys keep competing and they're all getting a bunch of reps so all three of them are getting better so it sounds like without viewing that you've got a guy who's trying to get it down uh, as far as the the playbook and the the college transition but from a natural ability it sounds like Harburg's pretty a pretty nice get and it just comes down to, to reps and confidence and, and transition. Some others has been here. And, it, you know, we'll hear from Scott Frost here in a moment on Logan Smothers, but you hear different things. Great athlete, tough kid, 
fantastic uh, football mind, and he, he's not lost in indecision. But what's, what's the skill set that follows him? Is he a guy that can make the throws, or are you limited in his passing game with, with his tools? What can he do? What can he do well? Can he throw well enough at the Big Ten level if called upon to go not just manage, but go make some plays and help win you a game? Athletically, yeah. But from a from a throwing standpoint, it sounds like that's been a work in progress, and it does sound like some progress has been made. Well, simply put, I thought he threw it the best he's thrown it last Friday, and that continues to improve. You know, he and Mario have been working on his stroke a little bit. He's always been a quick decision maker. He sees the field really well, accurate, and gets the ball out of his hands, but he, he pushed the ball downfield well on Friday. Certainly can run well, so he made a couple plays with his feet, too. If we get all that squared, squared away, I think the big thing for him is just getting reps and confidence. So the upside, the beer half full, is you've got a dude in Irvin that you feel good about handing the football to, he can make some things happen. The other thing is, is you've got a guy, a couple of clear dudes that are making progress as we speak halfway home in this spring development time with Harburg and with Smothers uh, because th- there's no McCaffrey who's been here. There's no Wandale to go bail you out, and it, it's a necessity for this offense to to match and excel because you feel like defensively you're going to be pretty good so we've talked running game we've talked quarterbacks wide receiver group uh, continues to shine yeah i'd have to say is our best day as a wide receiver core since i've been in nebraska too on friday uh, a lot of guys getting reps and, and there's just a lot of talent at that position so i'm excited about that group Coach Lubick has done a great job with them. You know, some of the additions we've made with Samari Ture coming in, uh, he, he made some good plays Friday. Uh, Omar's been back out there and made a couple good plays for us. Xavier had a play. Will Nixon did some good things. Baron Miles did some good things. Uh, Oliver Martin's been exceptional through spring. Uh, Levi and Wyatt are both making plays. Um, I don't want to leave anybody out, but that's as deep a group as we've ever had, and, and there's a lot of talent in that room. So... Uh, we got to make sure we have time for quarterbacks to throw because I expect guys to be able to get downfield a lot better for us. So you, you feel good about the wideouts? We'll hear, we'll hear from Samari Toure coming up here uh, this show. More from Will Bolt on the way. And you got a review here from the other side of the football. Uh, the pride of Scott's Bluff is Garrett Nelson, specifically uh, his impressions of the offense and what he's going against every day. Holy cow, man. They're fast. They're fast. Not even just tempo-wise, but just the way they move and how they, how they play now is that you can tell the massive step they took. This, it's the, the finishing blocks. They drive downfield. It, it's been awesome uh, to play against. It's made me better as a player, made us better as a defense. You know, they kick it, up, kick it up one period, and we come back as a defense and, oh, hey, we can't let these guys push us around. We give it back to them, and it feeds the whole practice and gets competitive and ramps it up and makes everybody better. So having that pace that they have and having that finishing mentality that they have is, has really picked up. And, it's seen it, and for me personally, I have seen that improvement. Um, you know, not to get the whole hype train barreling into a brick wall or anything, but the improvement's there. So it's, it's exciting to watch. Choo-choo, baby. Choo-choo. So the hype train, uh, Garrett's really cautious with that. He went into further detail as to what the tight ends and linemen and wideouts are, are doing. All of them. Wide receivers are running their 
nuts off. Tight ends are catching balls, they're blocking their nuts off. O lines finishing blocks. I mean, it's it's awesome to watch. It gets it gets us better as a player um, and as a defense. And you know, again, not to get the whole you know we have the best offense in the world, but these guys have made a massive improvement, and it's awesome. To, and it's, it's really it's nice. He's excited, clearly, uh, and you love descriptive words. What they're doing. <laughs> That's so good. So we'll uh, get some takes from Jay Moore on spring ball on the Masters. Husker baseball, man, they are feeling it. Shanneman was incredible. The career high, 11 strikeouts. Uh, Will Bolt is called BS on a horrible play at home plate when it comes to, I don't know, a guy reenacting his inner Met fandom. Will got launched. Team responded. Nebraska put a couple of touchdowns up on the Terps to win yet another. That's their fourth consecutive series. Jay Moore's with his thoughts on the Masters and Husker football at Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the big run, and NFL vet. He's Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt, Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back to it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We, we say hi to Jay Moore, Blackshirt Husker NFLer, and you, you find him on Big Red Wrap-Up, co-host there at Moore 44 on Twitter. Jay, how was the weekend, man? I know you're uh, as big into golf as you are football, and man, what a, what a memorable Masters. What'd you think? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I spent uh, all day Saturday, all day Sunday watching golf, you know, it's uh, the Masters does such a great job of providing, you know, coverage. Obviously, live coverage comes on around two, but mm-hmm. on CBS. But they, you know, via the app or online, you can start watching live golf at like nine o'clock, and <laughs> you know, follow different groups and stuff. So it's a it's a thing of beauty. So for the for us golf dorks or golf nerds or junkies or you want to call us, you know, it's this is uh, this is my favorite time of year. It's the best four days it's my favorite tournament it, it's I'll, I'll take this over ncaa basketball super bowl world series you name it this is this is my by far my favorite week of the year and it's always kind of sad that it's over but it was uh it was it was a fun four days and a lot of good golf it was and let's spend a little bit of time on hideki matsuyama uh first uh japanese player to win a major championship and the thing that i noticed on saturday was the the weather delay that lasted about an hour and Matsuyama really took off from that moment and got scorching hot obviously able to carry it over and uh, and hang on not not a lot of drama yesterday but hang on but man and you can talk a little bit about momentum not only on the gridiron but also on the golf course because I mean you've done well in the amateur ranks yourself as a high level golfer but wow that's it's funny to see how a weather delay can can cool some people and ignite others yeah I mean he said that he spent like you know the hour delay in a car looking at his phone so (laughs) but he gets uh you know he, he he starts back up on 11 and he blocks his tee shot you know way right of the trees, but there's kind of an alley over there. I mean, that's where Tiger hit it in 19, and he won it. He was able to get it on, and he hits it on, and then he just goes on a tear from there. And the greens obviously softened up mm-hmm. quite a bit with that storm that came in. Those, those greens have been firm and fast, and, you know, guys are struggling, 
you know, holding, you know, sand wedges on from 100 yards. So that was, uh, that was a huge, you know, break. And he comes out and, you know, I believe he, you know, I know birdies uh, 13, Eagles 15. Uh, I think he birdies 16 and 17 and just, you know, finishes out strong and, you know, shoots seven under. So that's, you know, what ties for the lowest round all week with, with Justin Rose and uh, maybe one of the first, I can't remember, but, mm-hmm. you know, that's, he, he kept it. You know, he comes out and then on Sunday, you know, it's hard to sleep on the lead and, you know, he's been in contention before in other majors, but that was, uh, that's not an easy lead to sleep on with the Masters and knowing the, the weight of a country and mm-hmm. that you, you carry on your shoulders. And that uh, comes out, obviously, bogey's one, but, you know, then, then uh, birdie's two and then kind of, keeps together you know had a chance to bogey five but makes about a 25 footer for par you know uh maybe 20 footer for par on five and that just keeps momentum and it got a little dicey there at towards the end when you know he bogeys uh he bogeys 12 and then he does birdie 13 but then he hits it in the water on on 15 and but he and then you had you know it comes down to two shot lead with him and in xander shoffley and um you know, Xander hits in the water and makes a six, and and uh, Hideki actually bogeys that hole as well. So the thing that sticks out to me with with Hideki and though and watching him, you know, for all 18 holes yesterday, that every shot he hit, there was total 100% commitment, and that's what you got to do. That situation didn't overtake him, even on his, you know, I mean, his missed putts and his shot, even on 15 that goes in the water. I mean, he was full, 100% committed. He sent it, and yeah, it, he. He might have hit it a little too hard. Obviously, adrenaline plays into that. He went long on 12, but every shot he hit was was purposeful, and he wasn't, you know, hanging on. He wasn't steering. He wasn't guiding. Um, he wasn't trying to, you know, wish it or in the hole. I mean, his putts were hit firm, and and there was there was 100 percent commitment. So that guy was was prepared. Uh, the situation wasn't too big for him. He was ready to win that thing, and and that's what happens when you're he had a good mindset, and that's that's what can be taken from any sport when you have full commitment and, and trust in what you're doing uh, pretty cool things can happen Jay Moore is with us uh, Blackshirt Husker NFL or uh, golf aficionado joining us here Hale Varsity Radio talking uh, Masters 2021 you know it's so important to, to play like you've always played what got you the lead right don't play afraid don't play scared don't play prevent, right? And right. Uh, that's so uh, so key. Jay, I want to flip over to football here, and you know this pairs up well with with golf. And you were right on the money here with Hideki and and how he approached Sunday. He didn't play uh, trying not to lose, right? And there's been times with Nebraska offensively where they've been conservative, uh, where they've been cautious on offense uh it's easier to say than than do but do you expect an offense here moving forward that can kind of get more into that lane of no fear of failure it sometimes it doesn't feel like or look like uh that nebraska's played with that attitude yeah it's it's cost them some games there's you can just go back to year one and then obviously the, the game that always sticks out my head is at Colorado mm-hmm. in the second year I mean that thing was they had things humming in the first first half and then they come out and you know put it kind of in the third gear and and just kind of you know and slowed things down 
and didn't really get it going. And that was that's that's a perfect example of of just playing not to lose. You know, they had a a fourteen point lead, I believe, or maybe even seventeen at the half, and boom, all of a sudden you give up some big plays, you get some turnovers, and and next thing you know, you're going into overtime, and you don't even have a, a, a kicker that can, you know, hardly make a, an extra point. So, um, yeah, they've, they've struggled with that. I think that just shows, I mean, it's tough. I mean, the, the, the pressure, Scott feels the pressure to get this thing back to where it's going. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's a hard thing when you've done it as a player and you've done it other places and people expect those things. That's, that's the greatest thing is dealing with expectations and, uh, us, the fan base, has major expectations for this program and for him to get it going. And um, obviously, he's he's working his, his he's trying to do his best with what he has and, and trying to get it going. And he just feels that's 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 total that's pressure mm-hmm. and that's just dealing with it and dealing with expectations. And he's got to be able to separate himself from that. And that's the beauty of you know good coaches, good players good you know whatever it is you know just being a good person and sometimes is separating yourself from what other people think and and trying to get things done and just doing it to what you know you can do and how you want it done and not really really just trying to control what you can control and sometimes you can get too caught up in the moment and you know thinking oh what would what would tom osborne do what would you know, what would so-and-so do? What would uh, Chip Kelly done in the situation? You know, screw those guys. What is Scott Frost going to do in this situation? No, it's his time to get things going and, and make something happen. And he hasn't. And I know, I know it's, he's probably had some sleepless nights and where he needs to get it to go. But, you know, that's, it's, this is going into year four. And, and it hasn't been uh, a good first three years. And uh, he has a lot of talent coming back. You know, the excuses... Uh, are gone now, in my opinion, and it's been telling a lot of people what I what I expect or what I hear over spring ball. And I go, I go. Frankly, it's time to. This is where I'm at with Nebraska football. I just just show me the baby. I don't care about the labor pain. You know, I just want to see results. I don't really care about how you're going about it, what you're saying. I know they have to say the right things, but it's time to see results. This is result based business, and this is year four, and it's it's time to get things going in the right direction. Time to see the baby. Wonderful, Jay Moore's with us on Hale Varsity Radio. You know. There'll be more of a microscope, too, because weather permitting, I mean, you're going to have 4,000 fans watching a two-and-a-half-hour practice. That's that's more eyeballs. That's more over or instant reaction. But, Jay, there's got to be a little bit of a comfort level, isn't there, if, if things are getting opened up for fans and, and more media to see? Yeah, I think so. And I think it's a little bit of, you know, not having fans able to come to games last year and I've sure. had some open practices you know I can recall in the past we've had in the past and you know whether it's that or high school coaches or whatever but I think it's you're just kind of catering a little bit to the fan base that you know they, they weren't you know able to come last year I know they've I received emails about you know having former players mm-hmm. you know come this weekend so I know they're opening things back up to former players so it just kind of shows you what we're just kind of getting back to more normal but yeah I, I think they're just yeah, it's 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 a, it's a fun thing, you know. But again, it's a, it's a spring ball. It's a practice, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure the people will overreact to something. And and this is like what we always do in in this state when you know, and you just kind of tend to overreact to some things. But no, I maybe it is. 
you know, Scott saying, you know, this is, this is what we have and uh, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, you, you, you kind of go from there. So maybe that he that has shown a little bit of, of growth from him and, and not being so, you know, close to the best as mm-hmm. he has been. And, and you do have to sometimes, but, yeah, maybe there's a little bit of growth from, from the head guy and, and uh, kind of getting over this hurdle. Jay Moore is with us, Blackshirt Husker NFL, or at jmore44 on Twitter, talking some Husker spring ball. Jay, about a minute here. You do what if Zach Taylor gives you a phone call? Jay, he's going to ask you, do you get receiver? Do you go tight end? Do you go offensive tackle? <laughs> oh, my gosh. What did you say, receiver, off, offensive tackle? Yeah, because Cincinnati's O-line is really bad. You can go get Sewell at Oregon at number five. You go get yeah. any one of the receivers, Chase or the two Bama kids at five. Or you can go yeah. get Pitts at five, assuming he's around and Atlanta doesn't take him. Man, I don't Ooh. I... I'd love Pitts, but they need to keep Joe Burrow alive. So I'd go with the offensive yeah, tackle. Yeah, I think you – I you know, I would – my initial reaction, and I would say those Bama receivers are pretty damn good. Uh-huh. And then you got Chase but out of LSU, I, too. I mean, that's that's Joe's right, guy. But if you – and I've said this before on this show, and I just – I'd be, you know, be hypocritical of myself what I told you, I think, last Friday. You got to – it all starts up front. I mean, you <laughs> got to protect your guys. If you have a good old line. No, I know. You, you don't have to have – you don't have to be premier at every position. You can be somewhat average to above average and be very successful. So I, you got to go off at the line, but protect Burrow. You know, obviously did a poor job with that, with that knee injury he had mm-hmm. this year. Protect him, and then you kind of build from there. You got to start with your foundation. That's your offensive line, and that's your defensive line. You always start there and, and build out from there, and, and then you know these are really create some special teams. So I definitely go get uh, go get homeboy from Oregon, and, and then you know build on from there. Well, I think that's where they may go, but uh, just interested, interested. We'll have to get Zach on the horn and figure that out. Jay, have a good rest of your week. We'll get uh, caught up again. Thanks for the time. Yeah, we got it, Smitty. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Good stuff from Jay Moore. And a lot of Nebraska fans nodding their head forward yes when i do that you can hear some things rattle around up there but just show me the baby man (laughs) jay putting it uh, right on the money we'll uh, spend some more time here with charlie mcbride here in 20 minutes greg smith on recruiting and some spring football thoughts numbers to get in 466-377-76800-825-5865 so Listen, the the hype train, the Kool-Aid, all that good stuff is, you know, you you have Garrett Nelson saying, you know, slam the brakes on, not trying to run a train into a brick wall here. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. It's just practice. But you know what? 4,000 of you and your buddies are going to go and see some good stuff on on Saturday, weather permitting, and you've been starved for it. So it's okay to... Be excited, get fired up, overreact a little bit. But the, the reality is this, and, and you're, you've been waiting and waiting and waiting for it to happen on the field. Why is this spring different than any other? Well, a, we have a spring, so there is some development going on. I think it's been more reserved, quite honestly. I think it's been more reserved from the head coach, from the position coach, 
coaches and they know that they they got to do it on Saturdays. What's encouraging to me is it seems more organized and dialed in the Monday through Friday side of things. Now there's still a season of football to go do that Monday through Friday so you win on Saturday. But this seems like a little bit more buttoned up spring. So and and what you've not had consistency wise is wins in football and you feel a little bit better about basketball. But what what you have right now in in Will Bolt is that consistency, that that bring your lunch pail every day mantra and mentality versus, oh, it's a big game, so let's flip the switch and or it's a big series. Let's flip the switch and 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 make it a, a big game. Well, when you have a mature football team or baseball team or basketball team, it is so boring to to treat every game as the most important, but really, truly, honestly, you got to do that. And it's boring. Hey, Oklahoma's on the schedule. That thing's going to be sweet because of the nostalgia. What happens on the uh, the scoreboard, don't know yet, right? But with uh, Will Bolt and, and his team's mentality, yes, they're good, they're talented, but they're very narrowly focused. And they find different ways to, to get a victory and their confidence is just oozing right now. Uh, you had Shanneman uh, come to work on Sunday. Nebraska wins at 14-3. to Here's Coach Bolt yesterday on the success of Shea. Yeah, you could tell right away. Um, I mean, his fastball velocity was up. Command of the slider in the first inning, he had another breaking ball going with a hard cutter as well to give it a little bit of a different look. And just his tempo, his presence, the way he attacked the strike zone, um, when we've seen him really good, that's the way it looks. Um, and it was it was every bit of that today. He really stepped up uh, in a, on a big day in a big spot against a really good offense. You know, Nebraska scored enough runs to win on Saturday, and it was a slugfest, man. It was... It was yard ball time, and it was a 10-7 to loss. So can you go keep the momentum going? Can you go get a series instead of a, a sweep? And Nebraska recalibrated more from Will Bold here. And he's so right, man. And when I hear him talk, I think about my own kids' baseball, and we opened up baseball this weekend, the Lincoln A's. And it was awesome to see Junior and his teammates uh, do some work. They'll they'll continue to get better and grow. It's only the first two games of the year, but what what happens early on with your starting pitching is so important. It does set the tone, and Will Bolt is so on the money with this. Yeah, I mean, so much of the tone is set uh, in baseball by your starting pitcher and and how he comes out. And again, it doesn't have to be a, a perfect outing. It doesn't have to be a, a perfectly clean first inning, but they tend to set the tone for how the game's going to go just with their body language, their presence, and, and all those things. And, again, Shea was absolutely dirty, filthy, whatever you want to, whatever adjective you want to use, his stuff was that. Uh, but his attitude was very competitive, and he was very determined. Dirty, filthy, anytime a manager uses those words, it's marvelous. So Will Bolt did get uh, ejected following a, a bases loaded hit by pitch. Will didn't get too much into detail with it, but he was asked about it. 
obviously got to ask you about the, the seventh inning there. What did you see with those uh, hit by pitches and kind of how did that play out from your perspective? Um, yeah, I mean, it was I got, I just saw something that I thought that we needed to have our guys back for. That's all I'll say. Can I translate that? Damon, will you allow me? And Evan Blaine does, does a great job with the World Herald, and he was on with uh, Hooksy and Will. That was a horse bleep call. They got a run. It was garbage. They should have reviewed it. They didn't. I'm sticking up for my guys, and we exploded for more runs. It was 7-1 to one for a while, then it got to 7-3, to three, and... This was a that made it seven to three, and, and it was a crucial part of the ball game. They got it wrong. <laughs> I love managers that come out now. Wally Backman's his own special animal with the army crawl and throwing the rosin bag like it's a grenade, and his colorful use of language trumped only by Earl Weaver back in the day. But Will's pretty. I mean, he's super intense, so I'm not saying he's chill in a, I'm going to put my feet up way. But he was pissed about this call, and he should have been. They missed it. And I love it. I love that when managers, and Erstad would do this too, not often, but you just walk up to the ump and say, did you miss it? Was it your mistake? Did you? I mean, the way you can just browbeat an umpire, and that that's a job I've had as a kid, and I never want again as an umpire. I was garbage at it. So I totally respect it. But man, the way that, that managers or coaches come out and get after the ump, did you miss it? What are you doing? And then umps get absolutely offended with your body language and movement. Oh, you're showing me up. I'm going to run you. I'm going to run you. It was, uh, <laughs> Will wasn't happy. Good on him. Uh, back to the adversity side of things. And Nebraska baseball can write the book on fighting that adversity yeah i don't think so i I think that um you know our guys are we've got a lot of veterans i've got a great coaching staff i mean the way that game finished off i mean obviously bunsey came in and did a really nice job of getting a hold there getting out of the jam um and our offense took over i mean we were putting pressure on them innings one through nine got deep into their bullpen and were able to just finish the thing off so um there's not really a whole lot that needs to be done to give this group a, an extra shot of life. I mean, they're, they're ready to compete every inning. Do we have time or no? All right. Last side from Will Bolt here coming up here on that consistency and why this team's different, why this feels different for Nebraska baseball. And it's something football and basketball are trying to get, that, that everyday mentality. We'll wind down Hour 1. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Well, Julian Edelman calling it a career. A comment by Bill Belichick shortly. Some thoughts from Will Bolt on uh, that everyday mentality. Charlie McBride's coming up. And if you're moving and there's not a lot of homes for sale, those that are are going quick. How about West Blue Realty making it happen for you? And they specialize in residential home sales in Lincoln and the surrounding communities. They'll make this next move a smooth one for you. And for a limited time, you mention Hale Varsity. West Blue Realty will provide you up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Uh, two of the best pros there are. Tom Luby, Kelly Hofschneider. Give Tom a shout. Tom Luby's number is 402 540 
402-209-3768. Or Kelly Hofschneider. Uh, Kelly can take care of you as well at 402-202-2312. For more details, it pays to work with West Blue. Log on, westbluerealty.com, and uh, get an appointment set up today, 1120 K Street, Suite 200. So Will Bolt was kind of asked about the, the whole mentality of flipping the switch or, you know, how do you guys handle a big moment or a big Sunday to win a series, you know, with Maryland. And there are games on the horizon. Nebraska's on the road at Penn State. Siberia is people who've been to Happy Valley call it because it's just such a pain in the A to get there. Then you got Michigan coming up. You just, I mean, you've got a lot of high-level competition to end the year and some home series for Nebraska in May which will be nice. But Nebraska's handling what's on their schedule, and here's a big reason as to why. Yes, they're talented. Yes, they're good, but they're right between the ears. Well, I think it's a culmination of being ready to go every day. Um, I don't think that there's any – I know there – you know, we talk about Championship Sunday, and there's, you know, there's things that are thrown out there like, hey, this is a big series. We need to finish this thing off the right way. But I, there's never really a question in my mind whether this team shows up on every day. So it just – that's ultimately what you want to have with a team is that because you when you get in those so-called big moments to go win a series, you're not doing anything any different than you always do. And, and that is that is a, a sign of a very good team because you don't get your emotions too high or too low. You're just constantly there all the time. And it, it, again, it, it starts with Tuesday practices. How how do you come out that day? How do you come on Wednesday when we have an eight hour bus ride? on Thursday and we go practice at somebody else's field, how do you come out? I mean, we just don't take a day off. So when you get to Sunday in these so on so-called big moments, you're not doing anything any different than you always do. And it's easier said than done. Not every team has the ability to do it. Um, again, I'll continue to point to the upperclassmen leadership on this team. They just, they bring a certain mentality to the yard every day and, uh, you know, lets us coaches focus on baseball. Well, and it comes down to the, the culture, right? And you're like, oh, God, he take a drink. Schmidt said culture. But it's true. And, it, and, it's, and it's part of that locker room. And it's, it's player-led, player-driven. And you've got it in baseball. And you've had, you, you have it relatively quickly in baseball. And you're working on it in hoops. Not that the culture is bad. In basketball, but you know, you're just kind of trying to find that right sweet spot. Another change with Hoiberg's staff today, and then in football, it it, it just doesn't magically appear. We'll get into this with some uh, talk with Coach McBride here on that everyday mentality. Get his take on the transfer portal, specifically with what the NCAA is going to likely pass on Thursday, and just. That, that confidence buildup. You'll have a thought or two on Julian Edelman, I'm sure, as well. Greg Smith also next hour. Hey, of Varsity Rolls Forward, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery into Hour 2. We'll talk some recruiting and spring football with 
Greg Smith from Hale Varsity coming up. It is that time. It's a another Monday with Charlie. We welcome in the Hall of Fame coach, Charlie McBride, on uh, Hale Varsity Radio Mondays with Charlie. Coach, how was the weekend? Good, good. Nice and warm. Had a lot of work done. Getting ready for opening up everything. So, so we're moving along. Well, good, 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 good. So... About uh, what time of year does does the, the boating and fishing really kind of crank up for you? When's it warm up enough? Well, it's it my the docks um, probably three quarters of the docks are in now, and a lot of the boat lifts are going in, and then um, our stuff's in because they usually take care of us because we're here all the time. Sure. So. We get, you will probably get our boat in a little earlier than normal. But uh, kids are still in between staying home and taking courses or going to school, and so that won't happen. I don't, I don't know how the school year is going to end up for mm-hmm. a lot of them. So that makes a big difference with the families on their vacations. Charlie McBride's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Well, I got out to a ball game yesterday. Junior got uh, his season started, and that was awesome. And and uh, also got a little golf in, and it was too windy. That's what I'm going to blame my Saturday round on anyway. And we'll uh, we'll just keep after it, Coach. Uh, a lot was said today by Coach Frost about their Friday scrimmage, and he felt pretty good uh, about a lot of different things. I want to get your take on. On on the the running back position, I know you're a defensive line guy, and I know you're a defensive coordinator. I know you're an offensive uh, guru as well with the uh, the offensive line. But you know what? In, in your time in coaching, what allows a kid to play early and and do pretty well uh, at a young age at at that feature position at Nebraska? Well, let me just go ahead and go back a little bit and take a, a good example would be uh, Roger Craig. Um, Roger spent a year as a scout team guy, and, I mean, he got stoned. Mm-hmm. And um, when you talk to him, you know, when he got into pro ball and, and he got, you know, in into the university where he was really successful, I mean, he came in the office one day, and he said, Coach, if I hadn't have been on that scout team, I don't think I'd ever been the back that I was. Because he learned how to defend himself with his body. He learned how to stay down. He learned a lot of things kind of on his own and improved his running a bit. Mm-hmm. At the time, Rathman, of course, was there, and Neither one of them had ever really experienced any catching the football, and the pro scouts came in, and they, the first thing they'd say, can he catch the ball? And everybody looks at each other going, sure. not me. <laughs> <laughs> we threw, a little, we threw a, a little screen pass, uh, which the backs caught, but that was about the extent of, a, of his pass receiving. They were, they were blockers, and... And it wasn't as diverse as it is now, I'd say, you know. So it was pretty much down to fundamental play. And um, But Rogers felt like that, you know, that year in that scout team and, and things like that, and have, having to pay the price kind of to be that back. And, and when he was a senior, okay, Mike Rogier was here. Mm-hmm. 
And so they had to make a decision, and they didn't feel like Mike Rozier would be a good fullback and Roger Ibeck, so they kind of changed it around a little bit, and they put Roger at fullback, and he just did it, went right to it, and that meant he became a blocker. And I think, it again, you know, he, he looked at that part of it. He wasn't happy with it, but he, he, he took it like a man, you know, and mm-hmm. got better at it, and it paid off. Uh, because they were, you know, it, it probably got him. If it hadn't have been for that year, he may not have got drafted as high as he did. And he may not even have played, you know, in the NFL, because the blocking part of it there is really important. So that was really a plus for him. So there's a lot of things you can think are bad. Eddie Stewart was a linebacker for us and a strong safety. We moved from the linebacker and you know, you almost thought he was going to quit right then. You know, he just was so disheartened because he'd always been a linebacker. And, uh, I mean, a strong safety and, and to move him up front. and So we moved him, and as the days went by, he got a little more comfortable, and pretty soon he ended up being an All-American linebacker. So, <laughs> so that goes to show you, you know, a lot of times – Players don't don't really get excited about a move, maybe from offense to defense. And mm-hmm. uh, one day in practice, Kerry Keneally was a freshman, I think it was. He was over there at tight end, and Tom came by me and said, "What do you think about Keneally?" And I said, "I think he'd be a good defensive lineman." He said, "Go get him." <laughs> so I went over there. He looked to me like I was some sick guy came across the field. <laughs> and, uh, you know, came over and we made a defensive lineman out of me. He turned out to be a great player. So, you know, a lot of times that, uh, you know, that spring ball's a little hard on some guys because they can maybe move from corner to safety or one position mm-hmm. to the other and one side of the ball to the other. I think uh, – you know, the center's a good example. Here he comes in as a heralded tight end, and now he's a center. And uh, I remember two year when two uh, uh, two tight ends mm-hmm. went to Miami. They moved into defensive ends, both of them. I think one ended up being an All-American. They won a national championship with them, and they went completely to the other side of the ball. So at each place, there's a lot of... You know, there's a lot of meetings and a lot of thinking, well, this guy can play. And that's what coaches are doing. They're putting people in position to play. Mm-hmm. And if they stayed where they were, maybe they wouldn't get on the field as much. So it always it always is a reason to move them at a different, mm-hmm. at a, you know, a different position. So it's hard to figure it all out. But, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, and the cream comes to the top. Charlie McBride's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Mondays with Charlie. And, you know, that's just a, a perfect example of team-first selflessness by Roger Craig uh, with making the move to fullback, and then he played fullback for the Niners. I remember talking with Roger, and and uh, he he is so thankful for his time at Nebraska because of what you just said, how he got it all covered. Running, catching, blocking, uh, being able to make the receptions, and and what you know, a guy that should be in the Hall of Fame, uh, he he doesn't forget. While while it didn't sound like a great idea at the time, well, it it really paid off, like you said. And just to 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 have that much richness in the backfield with Rogier and Craig, 
And, Coach, that's kind of where I'm at with the running back room. You've got nine scholarship guys. Two are really practicing because everyone else is dinged up. And, you know, it's just been a while since you've had a, a great back. I mean, Zigbo is nice here, and he's still in the league. And, and when Mills was healthy, he did well. But you really need someone to step forward at that running back spot to help out the offense. Well, that'll happen before the end of spring, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. You know, it usually does, and it, it, it happens overnight a lot of times, uh, you know, for that matter. I, and I go back to our backfield coach then, who was a guy named Mike Corgan. Mm. And Mike was a total – I mean, he – took. I, I don't think for two weeks it was almost – they um, they didn't uh, – I don't think one of our eyebacks, I can't remember whether it was Rozier, I think it was, that never got the ball for two weeks, and Mike told him, he said, you're never going to get the ball till you learn to block somebody. Mm. <laughs> and at eyeback, you don't, you know, there's some stuff on the outside, but, you know, and some stuff as far as pass blocking, mm. but, you know, he really, he, he really worked hard at, at doing that. And, that and, I'm, and if you go and talk to Rathman, he'll tell you, that that's probably the way he made it in the pro ball. I mean, that's he was he a, says. a heck yeah. of a blocker, and <laughs> and so was Roger when he had to be, you know, yeah. and both of them could catch the ball, which was not known to us. <laughs> yeah. Well, he didn't throw a few swing passes here and there, but not a ton. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Coach, what do you think of Saturday here with an open scrimmage? That was uh, talked about, and it's going to happen weather permitting here. Guys and, and kids like to play in front of people. It should be a pretty good opportunity, pretty big opportunity, don't you think, for the kids to scrimmage and, or, sure. or practice in front of kids or in front of, <laughs> front of fans? Well, we had students walking through the stadium when we were having Wednesday scrimmage and Saturday was open, and, you know, whoever wanted to come could come, and I, I don't know if we didn't have it. Maybe during a season we might have locked it up once or twice. Mm-hmm. I don't ever – all I remember is students walking through on the side going from one corner of the stadium to the other so they could get to the library easier. And, you know, it, we just never paid any attention to them. You know, you didn't even really know they were there unless you, you know, most of the time before practice you'd see them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's tremendous. I you know, I think a lot of times guys worry about the other team looking at the other team. And if you look at open up with Illinois, what do they do? They don't know any more about them than I do, sure. you know, right now. They, they've not played a game. They don't know what the defense is. They don't know what they run on offense. They don't know their personnel and where they're going to be playing. It's really hard to play a team like that. Mm. And, uh, um, you know, but... I think I think the thing was I think it's really important to the players that the people are able to go. I, I agree with you. Charlie McBride's with us. Hail Varsity Radio Mondays with Charlie. Coach, uh, a thought here on kind of that, that consistency that you're trying for. Uh, Will Bolt really talked about it after Nebraska won in baseball. You know, yesterday was a big game for Nebraska baseball, but they treat every day big i mean and that's kind of sunk in is it something that the older players ingrain in the younger kids or how much of that is on coaching and coaching staff 
to get kids to realize that what you're doing every day absolutely culminates in the end with with a win that helps you. If you treat it like every day, you're not going to be up and down emotionally. Well, the ba- the biggest thing is is it comes from the top first. Mm-hmm. That's where it starts, and then it goes to your assistant coaches to really convey the messages. I think it's really a important thing that uh, you know that that the assistant coaches really get involved in your, you know, and the goals that you have set not only for the whole team but but what you have set for your position. Mm. And uh, you know, the funny thing was is I I used to have an argument here with my wife about the little things. She said, "Don't worry about the little things." Well, in my, in in my job, the little things made the big things. Mm. You know, and if you couldn't do the little things, you can't play. And so, so you know, it's a little different. But I, you know, I think in 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 it makes them when they know a lot of people are watching, mm-hmm. they focus better. And um, you know, when at, at their position, mm-hmm. and they they have this pressure on them a little bit about not making a big mistake in front of somebody or. And you know that's only natural. They're they're afraid to make a mistake anyway with the coaches around. But you know if their folks are here and watching, or they're you know any of their relatives or girlfriends or whatever it is, I think they want to do the best that they can. Charlie McBride's with us, Hale Varsity Radio Coach. You got about a minute left, or are you going to try and get to a, a baseball game at all this summer? I hope I can get in early. I was going to try to get it. See, we run two games together where we could go see two football games, and then maybe get early in the year see a baseball. Mm-hmm. I, the, the way it, the way the seasons go, I don't even know when they start and when they stop. Sure. I don't even know what's going on. I'm watching a football game with Del with Delaware and Delaware State. Right. <laughs> F F B S. Right. Right. <laughs> so. So I I I hope I can. I I, I just think that you know when they, uh, the that baseball coach and the change a lot of times mm-hmm. is where you make if you you can really make a team go if you hit just right and you have to do the right things the first year and and get the right people in and it looks like that's what they've done and got some guys older guys that mm-hmm. the young guys are going to follow them and do the best they can to keep up with them. And that means consistency. That yeah. means you got to do it every day. You can't, you can't let it take any time off. I don't care who you're playing. Mm-hmm. Coach, we'll uh, get caught up again next Monday as we get closer to uh, the uh, spring game in May, and we'll see how Saturday turns out here with that open open practice. Good. Okay. Well. I'm sure I got a good report, right? Uh, you know what? I'll give you a good report, and you okay. can talk to your folks down there, and they'll give you a, probably a more informed report. So, okay, okay. Thanks for having me, hey, Coach. Good to take. Good to okay. talk to you. Okay. Take care. Have a good. Have a good week. Bye now. There he is, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. Mondays with Charlie. Love catching up with him, and pretty interesting there. You can ask him about. Uh, Getting, getting on the field as a running back, and he just kind of laid out there with, you know, Roger Craig's story, and that's that's incredible. Uh, Artez, a uh, big listener in the show. We love him uh, checking in with us. That's Roger's brother, and, yeah, Roger did it right, man. So did Rathman, so did Rozier. Uh, be nice to have someone running the ball like that for the Big Red. Greg Smith's next. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could... 
Listen to the radio. Listen. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Well, good to hear from Charlie McBride. That'll be posted the on-demand section, ESPN Lincoln. Also on Twitter at ESPN Lincoln. We welcome in with Hale Varsity Recruiting Insider. Does a nice job covering Nebraska football as well. Greg Smith with us at Greg Smith HV. Greg, it was a top 10 day yesterday. Please tell me you fired the grill up. Uh, I did, um, but it was, it was weird. It's one of those times where you ever have those moments where you just got to taste for like burgers, or not burgers, brats and hot dogs. Um, so I just made some brats and hot dogs yesterday and then made some extra for today. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so we're good to go. Nothing nothing fancy, uh, but it definitely gets the job done. Dude, I got the, uh, we had a doubleheader of baseball yesterday, and it was just awesome to sit out in the sun, and it wasn't windy, and it was great. I mean, I needed a cooler, and. Or, or a couple. I mean, there was that, 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 that nice a day to sit outside of the sun. But I get home and the wind kind of kicked up, so I punted on the grill. And, and, yeah, I mean, the wife was like, dude, go get some hot dogs. I'm like, okay, could do that. Problem is, is we, we disagree. I want the brats. She wants the hot dogs. And I just said, well, we'll, we'll figure out something else, right? I was, you know, sun was kind of going down, and it was time to, to, to punt on any extra work uh, when it comes to the, the grill setup. But uh, there'll be plenty of time in the near future. And, you know, if, if weather holds up, it'll be a, a lot of fun Saturday. Greg, I want to start there. A lot that Scott Frost covered today post-practice. But specifically, and you talk to kids all the time, and you talk to them from the day they think about Nebraska to the day they say yes to Nebraska to, all right, they're getting ready for an NFL combine. You have that type of relationship with the kids that end up coming to Lincoln, and it matters so much, doesn't it? Some some eyeballs, aside from their coaches or peers, uh, when it comes to, to performing and and locking in even that much more. That's Am I wrong or am I right on with, with what Saturday can mean with an open practice? No, you're right. Every every little bit helps, and I think that Scott Frost kind of alluded to one part of this. And he was talking about the fans specifically, but it's mm-hmm. also refers to anyone else who's able to kind of make their way down there for this. Is that it's just been so long since people have been able to be in Memorial Stadium, since people have been able to just get eyes on the team um, in person. Like it is, it's different seeing them in games um, with mostly empty stadiums last season, or you know, fully empty ones in some cases, like Rutgers last year. So, yeah, anytime you have that happen and you can get people there to see them, um, that that helps. And I think that one of the things that it's interesting, too, because Frost mentioned, you know, about people getting to see how they practice. And remember, when we're in a normal situation, when we're talking to recruits or I'm talking to recruits about kind of getting to come down for these um, spring practice visits, that's actually one of the things that this coaching staff sells, right, is being able to get to come down and see kind of how that practice operates. Because remember, we talk a lot about how it's different than other schools and how they do it, it's a lot more up-tempo. You can kind of see it in those videos that they put out, right? Um, it, it's really neat to be able to see that. And, and there's no substitute for that versus being able to just see practice film or have coaches uh, tell you about it. Greg Smith is with us, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine at Greg Smith HV on Twitter, Recruiting Insider. Greg, uh, going to get to the, the big board here. Give me Greg's top five right now, and, and how's the quarterback search going for 2022? 
Yeah, I think the, the number one guy for me um, is a quarterback, and it's MJ Morris, um, quarterback out of Georgia. Um, and he's a four-star kid, dual threat, who I think represents Nebraska's best chance um, to be able to get um, a big-time known quarterback at this point. But it's kind of interesting what's happening with quarterback of Nebraska. It feels like they're further behind than normal, but they're really not too far off um, given most of the time they get their commits uh, for quarterback the summer before uh, the season starts. Another kid that's way up there is Brennan Thompson, um, kind of a speedster out of Texas, a do-it-all athlete. Um, he might be one of the fastest players in America, but when that happens, um, you got to say that Texas, uh, everyone in the world is recruiting you, and he's no exception on that one. So Nebraska's got their hands full to even get him on campus. Um, another guy um, that's up there that I really like um, is Jaron K. Um, he's a uh, athlete out of Kansas who also has a teammate that I like. Um, both of them will be up there for me. Uh, Gavin Myers is his teammate, is a linebacker. Both of them um, out at Hayes, Kansas. Um, two guys that I think will really end up finding their way to Nebraska to watch the spring game. And then wide receiver Quentin Conley out of Kansas City is another kid that I really like. So if Nebraska decides to go with more size um, at that other wide receiver spot, they probably will only take one more in this class after getting Victor Jones Jr. in the class. You can't go wrong with Conley. He stands out 6'4", 6'5", 200, 210 pounds um, from, from nearby in Kansas City. So there's still a lot of talent out there um, and a lot of them that are at least expressing interest in coming to visit Nebraska here as soon as things open. Well, June 1st, the floodgates will be open and uh, you can take officials and that'll be so big for Nebraska, especially with what they've got laid out for the uh, the Friday Night Lights and, and the June Showcase stuff. You know, where's Nebraska at, in your opinion, with Morris? Uh, is it tooth and nail? Are they trailing? Are they in good position? What, what's your read? I think right now they are trailing Florida State, but maybe just Florida State at this point. The wild card in that situation, well, two things. One, they, Nebraska needs to get him here. Like They have to get him on campus. Morris was at was in Tallahassee this weekend for their spring game, kind of the same thing that Nebraska is hoping to do, just have people kind of come in um, and check it out as fans. Nebraska um, wanting him to do that. Um, and on May first for for them as well, um, but the other but the other wild card there is they have a quarterback committed. Florida State does already. So if, if Nebraska's part of their pitch can be, hey, come to our class, come to our school, be the only quarterback and kind of the centerpiece of this class. You'll see if that pitch resonates. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. I think he's confident in his abilities, but it always helps a little bit to say that hey, you're our guy in this class. Uh, but I do think they have some ground to make up with Florida State. What's your take? on Nebraska's current quarterback, specifically some of the light shined on where Harburg's at and also Smothers here. Uh, you're going to need a backup behind Adrian, just historically speaking, as, as good as Adrian's felt and looked this year, but how do you think things are coming with uh, the backup spot? Yeah, I'm actually really intrigued by what's happening with that, and I, um, I, I was interested in the comments that Frost made today about you know, kind of all of them having their moment to shine um, in that scrimmage late last week. Um, but I think that that really is a real battle, um, especially between Harburg and um, 
and Smothers because I don't think that it's a slam dunk that Smothers wins that backup job because he's been here um, for an additional year over Harburg. I think Harburg has really impressed everyone um, with his athleticism and his arm strength. It's, it's really for him going to be if he can get up to speed with the offense. Um, I think that Adrian being able to win that job as a true freshman made that look a little bit easier than it is uh, for true freshmen to pick up that, that offense. Um, but we'll see if he can do it. But that backup quarterback battle, I think, will continue to be ongoing uh, even through the fall. Greg, what's your take on Nebraska's running back recruiting? How do you think that's gone? And uh, you see some guys Nebraska didn't get or maybe were late in offering. And then you see that there's nine scholarship backs on paper. They're all money, but uh, they've not been super durable or super available. Uh, is Nebraska in a crunch right now? Is as nice as Irvin sounds? Are they are they hurting with depth options? So it's weird. It's hard to say because you're right. On paper, the room looks talented, but then if you really put pen to paper and start to project things and say, "Hey, who do I know that I'm getting?" you know, 800 yards out of, right? Just to to lowball a little bit for what this offense could produce. You just don't know. Like you are not comfortable. I don't think saying that anyone um, of the running backs are just going to be, you can pencil them in for 800 yards and eight touchdowns this year, um, which is tough given this offense, given the running back history at Nebraska. And that's no knock necessarily on the talent of these guys. But I think the biggest concern is, is that it feels like everyone outside of really Gabe Urban ages guys here um, has spent time um, injured and has had had to miss time and had their uh, development stunted because of that. Um, and so I think you need some, somebody or two really to step up in a big way um, because it would help the offense so much if you could take some of that rushing load off of Adrian. I look at you know they've they've gone JUCO with with Bell didn't work out Mills didn't work out Mo. Really good on the field, but just couldn't handle right. it. And then they saw Ziggy do his thing, and when when uh, Mills was healthy, he was fine. And then they go the JUCO route again. Check that they go transfer route here with Step. So why are they always going for an, an elder statesman when they've got a, a a room full of young ones? Yeah, I think part of that is I think a little bit of adjusting like what type of back you need to recruit um, in the conference. Mm-hmm. You remember it, like think about when they first got here and Miles Jones was a big thing, right? right Whether right. he was going to come in and set the world on fire and then right away almost they had to move him kind of uh, to more of a slot receiver and then he was gone. So there's even more there um, of kind of issues. And I think that uh, of all the, uh, maybe all of the offensive positions, we've seen kind of the big kind of growth and adjustment there, but it hasn't materialized on the field yet. And I think they're getting guys like Gabe Irvin is, is going to be, I think, kind of a template for what they need going forward. Sure. If he just physically looks like a guy that would be out of Wisconsin or in Iowa, um, and, and I think that's the way to go moving forward. But you're right. There's been some misses, especially when you start to add up um, some of the guys that they maybe could have had and didn't end up getting. Well, and the other thought on this too, Greg Smith with us, is it's okay to change and make adjustments to the size and style of back you need with what you had down at Central Florida compared to what you need to have in the Big Ten. And you can't just automatically snap your fingers recruiting right. kids out of high school. Uh, sometimes you got to go to the either the transfer portal or, or JUCO to get maybe the body type or back you need. And, and Nebraska's trying to do that. 
Yeah, I would at least, yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I would at least give them credit for trying to make that adjustment. I think the easiest way that you see that in, in sticking on offense is that wide receiver, right? Um, you've seen that same thing. It just it feels like it's happened a little bit faster to be able to change the body types there um, because hey, there's really a startling um, difference between what's happened in the last two recruiting class, that receiver, and how tall those guys are versus that first group, which I think didn't have anyone over six foot right. with that first full class. And then now, if you're not six one and over, um, you might as well not even try and come play receiver here. Um, and that happened kind of in the blink of an eye. You just need bigger dudes. You just need right because because the, the it's not that the little guys can't play or the smaller backs or wideouts can't perform. I mean, they have. But what's what's your your body going to be able to take beating wise week in week out in the league? And that's uh, that's a major difference. Greg, uh, we'll get caught up again soon, and we'll look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Thanks for a few minutes today. Hey, sounds good, man. See you soon. All right. That he, uh, that's uh, Greg Smith. Good insight on some rosters, some body types, and, of course, the recruiting side of things. Uh, Greg Smith on Twitter, at GregSmithHV. We'll uh, hear from Samare Toure. And uh, where the Nebraska receiving room is at, Hale Varsity continues. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Tomorrow on the show, we're going to have Coach Kaczynski, Rick Pizzo, Mitch Sherman, Barry Alvarez on Wednesday, and we'll catch up with Ron Brown on Thursday. Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. So uh, we'll get to Samari Toure in just a moment. Julian Edelman, Hall of Fame or Hall of Very Good? Where are you at as a uh, Patriots fan or Patriots hater? Jules, no doubt, torched your team. Now, the thought was this, right? Social media told us Jules is out in New England. They terminated his contract because he failed his physical. So there were so many different scenes of of course, the party getting back together. <laughs> uh, party getting back together where it's Gronk and it's TB12. And, and there you go. So Edelman, for his career, uh, pretty high level. No scholarship out of high school. Went to San Mateo Juco. Transferred to the Mighty Mac at Kent State, where he was an option quarterback. One college catch, 11 yards, no combine, seventh round, and then all he did was kill it in the slot. Three-time Super Bowl champ, second only to Jerry Rice for postseason yards. He was just lethal. And he, he again, it's not that he just... He followed a guy like Wes Welker, who really kind of tore it up from that slot spot. So Edelman was great, and it was part of who he was with, his work ethic, his drive. And, I mean, his his embodiment is that hustle play that he made in the Super Bowl against Atlanta. One to break up an interception. And two, to make a catch and keep that incredible comeback from being just a wish. 
All right, Toure is a slot receiver. Toure is a guy that we uh, had a chance to hear from today. And he's a guy that he impresses because of his work ethic, because of his experience, because of his his will to, to kill it. And here is uh, Samare on why Nebraska. He, he released a video when he first transferred in, but he's a high-level guy that wanted to make a splash and get noticed. Uh, just somewhere, you know, a place that really, like, needed me and had an opportunity for me to come in and step in right away, be, you know, helpful to the, to the younger guys and uh, just an offense that kind of, you know, fit my skill set and found ways to, you know, utilize me. And that's, that's, what, that's what I've had so far. So with Toure, he actually started out in the slot uh, at Montana. They had a coaching change. They moved him to outside. And the thing that you like hearing in such a short time is that uh, that comfort with Adrian. And, and that that can be quick. That can take years. And, and right now it seems like it's uh, hitting the right notes. Um, you know, I think that was, that was one of my biggest things. You know, I wanted to go somewhere – that had a quarterback who, you know, was kind of, you know, established, you know, and again, you know, that's one of the reasons why I came here. I got a lot of trust and faith in Adrian, uh, as as we all do. So uh, it's 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 going good. It's it's been really smooth. Kind of honestly better than I expected. You know, usually I would think, you know, not till the end of spring ball would you actually get on the same page. But you know, I feel like since I've got here, you know, we had some seven on sevens and and we got some extra work, you know, before spring ball. So. As soon as spring ball started, we were already on the same page and kind of clicking. He's big body, man. 6'3". You saw him make some plays in the scrimmage. And he's a target you want, you need. And if he's in the slot, he loves that because of the matchup. He likes going against the safety. He likes going against the backer. And it's all about getting your matchup set up. You get a great tight end. How are you going to cover him? You get a good slot receiver, get some crossing routes going. That works well. And uh, you pair him with some of the other talent in the room, uh, can stretch the field, and maybe it's a little easier to do things offensively. More on that wide receiver room here from Samari. Uh, It's a lot of talent in the receiving room, and it's, it's really nothing but potential. You know, to be honest, we got a lot of young guys, you know, who, who just, they just need to, you know, learn. You know, but the, it, uh, the talent's there. The potential's there. So we, we have big playability. We just kind of got to all get on the same page and kind of fine-tune everything. So what's his voice like in the room? And Dure, to his credit, understands, look, man, I'm, I'm the newcomer. You just can't come in, start throwing your weight around. There's a process to it, and your actions will speak way louder then your words, and that's kind of the approach he's taken here to earn it and prove himself to some of the guys. And if they see him do his thing well and there's success, predictably they'll follow suit. And, again, you could have a a room that not only physically and athletically can be a matchup issue, but you're going to have the the mental and the approach right to get yourself set for Saturdays. You know, I'm getting there. It's kind of tough coming into a new situation because I'm not the type of guy to come into a new situation and start, you know, bossing people around right away. You got to build relationships first and you got to prove yourself first on the field. And I think I'm doing that now. So I'm kind of starting to get comfortable with, 
you know, you know, helping guys, mentoring guys. So again, back to the transfer, the FBS level, University of Montana, special place, high level place, but he uh, needed to get on the radar. And you can do that in the Big Ten. You can do that in some of the the bigger matchups. Really wanted to challenge himself. When you're not playing against the best of the best, it's only so much you can do to kind of, you know, improve as a player. And I've always had that chip on my shoulder coming out of high school that I knew I could play, you know, against the best of the best uh, at a big school. So, yeah, that was definitely part of it. Now I'm here and I'm excited to show that I can. Uh, I guess it's a little bit of both, but it definitely, you know, NFL is in mind too because, again, there's only so much you can do uh, playing against FCS corners, you know. So, yeah, that was definitely part of it. You know, it was kind of halfway, you know, improving my draft stock halfway just kind of the competitor in me wanting to go against the best of the best. So with Toure, he's a little shocked based on on what he sees in the room. He sees the talent. He was surprised that Nebraska has not been as successful because behind the scenes, attitude and work ethic and all that's good stuff. They're doing the right things, but it needs to translate on the field. Uh, kind of goes back to what, what Jay was telling us and talking to us about Jay Moore. You know, just show me the baby, man. <laughs> show me the baby. So we'll see where it goes, and it, it'll be a fun Saturday here. Um, Camp Taylor Britt will spend some more time tomorrow on, on some of Cam's thoughts. Do we have a little bit of Cam? Can we squeeze a little bit of Cam in? No? Yes? Well, apparently Cam isn't coming off the field. Plan not to come off the field. Honestly, I plan to, I plan to play all special teams. I plan to, you know, if some offensive packages, we could throw that in there, you know, but I, I don't plan to come off the field. I plan to give my, everything I have, everything out to my all, to Nebraska this year, man, everything. Little teaser on, on Kim Taylor. Britt, we'll hear from him tomorrow. We'll wind down a Monday. Hail Varsity, we're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, get the podcast. Tell us what you think. Uh, give us a rating. Subscribe. And uh, do so Hail Varsity Radio iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Reminder about buckling up. 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, seatbelt can reduce the risk of fatal injury by up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash. Buckling up brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So, we are uh, gearing up for some offensive line thoughts on Wednesday from Coach Austin, Coach Held. And then uh, the uh, open practice on Saturday. A lot of the highlights from scrimmage, a little bit of an expanded uh, take on the scrimmage from Scott Frost. Wasn't overly wow. I mean, he was happy and excited, but it wasn't craziness. Husker baseball doing their thing. Some new uh, news on Nebraska basketball. Sounds like Doc Sadler may be up for the UTEP job. And uh, Doc went to the NCAA tournament, won, I think, 24, 25 games with UTEP before uh, Nebraska hired him. So a familiar place down there in El Paso. 
Uh, Damon, uh, it's a Monday. I don't usually get you on a Monday. How was the weekend and what's going on tonight? Enjoyed myself. Uh, nice day Saturday. Had a little bit of a, a little brewskis in the front yard. Uh, Did you? Moving all the crap That's out right. of our you garage. So we had a big dumpster in the front lawn and just celebrated getting rid of all of our junk. So did you have, how do I put this? Did you have hand-me-down furniture? Um, I had furniture that was abandoned in the house that so, I live so, in. So it was furnished? It, technically, yeah. Not, I'm not saying it was the were highest they, were of quality. They like, were, they, yeah, were they nasty? Were there cigarette burns on them? It, it, it's a, there's this big old sectional downstairs, and it's just, they didn't want to move that thing out of the house. There's no way. They, they basically paid us to keep it. Mm-hmm. So, sure. yeah, but that thing's going to be, uh, once we're done with it, fun to Is it torch up. Older? So you're going to burn it? Well, I, I don't know if we're going to burn Nebraska's it. Nebraska's first postseason <laughs> win. You, you are going West Virginia proud. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Now, my old place in South Dakota... It was like a 1910 Victorian home, Ooh. but it was broken into like six different apartments, and I was the only guy who lived there. So all the crap I brought with me in South Dakota, you know, I had a little little bedroom, and I had a mini kitchen, and then the living room was nice, and it was a sweet house. It was like 300 bucks a month. All I had to do was pay for that, and I was good. Cable was included. Nice. I'm on the road a lot for Dakota State, so you know, four nights, four days a week, I'm I'm traveling north or south Dakota. But I had this couch my folks gave me, and it was a and it was a really high level, expensive. It's like and forgive this reference, but you know the the old Cosby sweaters. Uh huh. You know, the, the color explosion that the cause used to rock. Oh, yeah. The Cosby switch. The couch kind of looked like that. And then I had this pink recliner that traveled with me everywhere, wherever I lived in college. And a lot of good, oh, it's 3 a.m., I think I'll just sleep here type moments. <laughs> and I, I wonder if those two bastards are still up in South Dakota. They're, they're making their rounds somewhere. I don't you know. guarantee I, it. Uh, no one... Maybe they moved out. Someone inherited them like you did with the uh, the torture couch. But it was a sectional, at least. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 4. It's Hale Varsity. Thanks for tuning in. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery.